0: Monday Matinee, your weekly series of live plays, classic drama and comedy, and a variety of audio drama from the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
1: How do I... I'll oh, skip ahead a of... bit. No, I can't skip ahead. Of... All... All right, everybody, into the time machine.
0: Hey, what uh, wait, a minute, wait a minute. no, wait a minute. no, no no, 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 no,
2: no, no, you don't understand how radio works. All I have
1: to do to return this is fade my voice out like this and kill the organist.
0: And
3: you see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings, all who gather here, and welcome to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is episode 23... My name is Pete. And this is Paul. And I'm Dave. Listeners, perhaps you noticed a difference in the way Dave said his name just now. Did you? No, we're not trying to fool you. If you recall, Dave left the show last episode to better administrate his own podcast, Quietly Yours. But that was Dave Feldman. And the Dave you just heard is another Dave. And we welcome him to our lineup now, Mr. Dave Robinson. (laughs) Welcome to All Time Radio Essentials, Dave. (laughs) Dave. Thank you, Pete. I am I am honored and delighted to be here, man. As well you should be. Dave. <laughs> what?
4: Please what?
3: tell us please tell our, our listener, our, our
4: listeners, a little bit about yourself. <laughs> You've been looking at the Google stats again, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I, I I gotta tell you, Pete, the older I get, the harder that question becomes to answer, man. Um, but <laughs> basically I'm I'm a voice actor. Uh, I'm a huge game nerd, uh, role playing games and board games, not so much video games. Uh, Mostly, I just, I really love stories, Uh, you know, telling, reading, writing, watching, listening. I don't care if it's a good story, I'm in. I'm in all the way. So it's really, when you say, tell us about yourself, Dave, it's like, well, I'm I'm a multifaceted jewel, Pete. But uh, there is one salient point that is specific to this group. Uh, uh, and this show, and that is that back in 2003, my wife and I uh, founded a nonprofit radio theater company called Rabbit Hole Radio Theater. Oh, and wow. together with a group of about 200 volunteers, we produced over 40 half hour episodes of some quality original radio drama. So I am I am here for the radio drama experience. That's awesome. I hope to uh form my own.
3: Uh, Audio drama troupe one day And and get into that same Sort of thing
0: Anybody can do it Anybody. I mean Pete, uh, question for you Did you choose another Dave So you wouldn't have to change The embroidery on our napkins (laughs) I absolutely did Paul Those
3: things are damned expensive And I didn't want to spend time crossing out the name Dave with a sharpie and then adding a different one That's why we didn't get George Clooney Like you wanted
0: It's a conspiracy, I tell you.
3: It is, and we're going to further the conspiracy by asking Dave now to jump in with both feet and announce the purpose of our show. Get ready, folks, because you're going to want to throw rocks at the rest of us.
4: Ah, it's good. Red leather, yellow leather. Ah, Okay. I'm ready for this. Here we go. The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series. Episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss, either in person or on social media. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Do some more, Dave. All righty. <laughs> we will open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length, each of us giving their opinions of its merit, its performances, or anything that stands out for us. <laughs> Dang.
3: why? <sighs> uh, what? what? It's, it's your turn,
4: buddy.
0: My turn? Say the thing. Oh, 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 yeah, sorry. (coughs) And that's exactly what we're presenting to you. Just our opinions on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us. And in fact, we may not agree with each other. But we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more. Nice try, bud.
3: Each Thank of you. us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion. Last month it was Paul's turn, and his selection was guest star Pat O'Brien from Duffy's Tavern, in case you missed it. This month, due to some weird arcane scheduling follow-ups that are entirely my fault, it's Paul's turn again. So what do you have for us, Paul?
0: I got us a classic radio detective. Boston Blackie. Boston Blackie, as it turns out, was written back in the twenties. Uh and had nine silent movies made ever before the radio came out, or before the radio program came out, I should say. It started off as just a 13-week run, but then they liked it enough, they brought it back, and it ran from
4: 45 to 50. So it was a pretty popular show back in its day. Nice. Yeah, Boston Blackie was the literary creation of writer Jack Boyle, who grew up in California around Santa Clara. And while while working as a newspaper reporter in San Francisco, apparently the stress of the job just really became too much, and he became an opium addict and was drawn into crime and jailed for writing bad checks in order to feed his habit. Later, he was convicted of robbery, and Boyle was serving a term in San Quentin when he created the character of Boston Blackie. Now, the first four stories appeared in the American Magazine in 1914, with Boyle writing under the pen name number 6066, which I can only assume was his prison number in San Quentin. Now, these stories quickly found additional fame, as Paul said, on the screen and eventually on the radio. Uh, The Boston Blackie series originated on NBC, but a new series from which tonight's episode comes ran in syndication from 45 to 1950. And so we present Murder at the Radio, uh, sorry,
3: Murder at the Rodeo, (laughs) from October 15, 1946,
4: and Boston Blackie. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen. How does he make his
5: voice do that? Having trouble with those boots, Hazel? Not too much. Don't you wish you were in my boots, Bill? We'll take that up some other time. But uh, now, I've got to finish dressing and get out in the arena. I'm due to ride soon. Be careful you don't get killed, won't you? But not too careful. You think if something happened to me, Slim will stay married to you, don't you? Well, think again. You can't hold him, Hazel. Nobody's going to say I didn't try. I wouldn't try anything where I was concerned. I've got a very good friend in town, Hazel. Boston Blackie. Ever hear of him? Sure. Well, he's here tonight. I sent him tickets. Friend of mine out west said to look up Blackie in case I ever got in trouble. I'm just playing it safe, asking him to come tonight. Better go on out and ride that Bronco. Hey,
6: anybody decent
5: in there? Everybody is, Barney. Wait a minute. Go on in and talk to Hazel, Barney. I'm due out at the arena. But don't get too close to her. Rattler's bite can be cured, but hers. uh -uh. Bye.
6: So long, Bill. (laughs) Kind of a feud going on between you two gals, ain't there, Hazel?
7: I wouldn't say that. I'd like people to think that, though.
6: I always felt a rodeo ain't no place for feuds. We kind of all ought to be more like a family.
7: Ever see a family without a feud? I never did.
6: That ain't what I meant exactly. The way the boys are saying, though, anything ever happened to Belle, you'd be blamed.
7: I'd like that very much. Not the second part, of course, just the first.
6: I don't know, Hazel. I still. Hey, listen. Boy, that's Lynn. Hey, it was his turn to ride when I came in, and that's the way the crowd always yells when he's riding.
7: He's a good man on a horse, Bonnie. Yeah. Best, maybe.
6: Hey, what's wrong with me? Nothing. If Slim wasn't around.
7: You know, I think that without Slim here, you might have a... Hey, careful. All right, boy. Hey. Hey.
6: Bring her in. <clears throat> right down that cot over there. Okay, Doc. Be hey, hey, careful now. All right. Hurt real bad. Shut that door. Hey. Hey, hey Doc. Hey, Doc, what's happened?
7: What's happened to Bill, Doc? She's not moving.
2: Oh, no, that's right. I don't know yet how bad she's hurt. All I know, she got thrown from that Bronco she was riding. Got thrown, got thrown bad.
6: Bill. Poor Bill. Poor Bell. You're kidding, ain't you, Hazel?
1: And now, meet Dick Colmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend.
8: This is the dressing room where they took that girl ride, Mary. Come on, let's go on in.
5: All
7: right, anything you say, Blackie. Tell
6: me one more thing, Doc. hurt bad? Well, it's too early to tell, Barney. We'll have to wait till we get to the hospital. Yeah. Hey, hey, Budden. Nobody's allowed in
8: here. I know that cowboy, except my invitation. I'm Boston Blackie. I understand Bell Adams
2: wanted to see me.
6: Oh yeah. Hey Doc, uh, this is the guy Bell keeps asking for.
2: Oh yeah, Boston Blackie. Didn't get here a minute too soon. Just about to take her to a hospital, right here.
8: Oh, this is it, Mary. Come on.
6: Okay. Hey, you uh, tell her Barney asked for her, will you, Doc? Yes,
8: Barney. I'll tell her.
6: <laughs>
8: Who's Barney? Her boyfriend, Doctor? Uh, One of them.
2: Belle's the most popular girl in the road. Is she badly hurt? It's hard to say this early. Had a nasty fall. Just regained consciousness a few minutes ago. Uh, Belle. Belle. Yeah? Boston Blackie's here. Hello, Miss Adams.
8: You wanted to see me?
5: Yeah, Blackie. Nevada Pete told me if I was ever in trouble to talk to you. Well, I'm in trouble. Terrible trouble.
8: Oh, no, you're not. You'll be all right in a day or two. Well,
5: you don't get it, Blackie. Hazel fixed it, so I take that spill. Hazel wants to kill me.
2: Hazel? Hazel who? Uh, she must mean Hazel Henry, another rider in the rodeo.
5: Yeah, Hazel Henry. She tried to kill me. She did something to the horse that I was riding. Look at the horse.
8: I, I don't oh. think she ought to talk anymore, Blackie. All right, Doctor. I'll look at that horse, Belle. Now, don't worry about anything. Come on, Mary. I'm right here. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye. Thanks for coming down, Blackie. I was glad to do it.
6: Oh, uh, hey, uh, how is she, Blackie?
8: How is she? She's hurt all right, Bonnie. but it may not be too serious. Which way is it to the place where they keep the horses?
6: Well, you, you turn to your right and you
8: keep on going straight. You can't miss it. Thanks. Oh, wait a minute,
7: Blackie. I almost forgot
8: my hat. Oh, sorry, Mary. The corral is down this way. Okay, I got it. Oh, sure, I can even <laughs> hear it.
7: Blackie, what did Belle mean when she said Hazel Henry did something to her horse so she'd be hurt?
8: She meant Hazel did something to make the horse buck harder than normally, I guess. We'll find out in a minute. Here's the corral.
7: A big place, isn't it? How are we going to find that horse that Bill rode?
8: Well, we could spend all afternoon looking for it, or we could ask that cowboy spinning and throwing that rope over there.
7: Oh, oh, maybe he'll teach me how to use a lasso. You know, I've always but wanted to be now, able... But to... not now,
8: Mary, not oh. now. Say, so you with a rope.
6: Well... Yeah.
8: Uh, Say, uh, where's the horse that Belle Adams was riding when she was thrown?
6: Right over there in that stall, mister. She's a wild one. Don't go near her.
8: Don't worry. I won't. Say, they've taken the saddle and bridle off her. Was everything all right? Funny you should ask that, stranger. Why?
7: Funny the way you make that rope spin, too, cowboy. Listen,
6: could you... Later, Mary. Later, uh,
8: please. Uh, Why is it funny, I asked you, cowboy?
6: was the handlers found a burr under that Bronco saddle. That's what made her toss bell the way she did. There was a burr
8: under the saddle, huh? lucky then Bell was
7: right. Hazel Henry did try to hurt her.
8: Looks that way, Mary.
6: I don't know if it was Hazel who put that burr there or not, but if it was, mister, it wasn't put there to hurt Bell.
8: What makes you say that?
6: Because the horse that Bell rode was supposed to be ridden by Slim Waters, but he didn't show up on time. Oh, I see. Funny thing, too, Mr. Slim Waters, ain't never been late for a rodeo contest before in his life.
9: All right, Slim. So somebody tried to fix you by putting that burr under the saddle of your horse. But you didn't ride it. So what am I supposed to do about it?
2: Do what I sent you for, Inspector Faraday. Arrest Hazel Henry. She's the one who done it. How do you know? Because I'm married to her. But I want to leave her and marry Belle Adams... And Hazel swore she'd kill either me or Belle before she'd give me a divorce. Okay, okay, but that's all just talk, Slim. Give me
1: some
9: proof. i got to have proof before I can do anything about it. On the first place... If that's Hazel, I want her arrested, Constable. Constable? Uh, Constab- Come in.
8: Slim Waters? Yeah? Blackie, what
9: are you doing here?
8: Well, hello,
9: Faraday. What are you doing here? Has somebody been murdered? No, but with you around, somebody probably will be. Slim, this is Boston Blackie.
8: Hiya, Slim. Hi. What's Faraday got you on the carpet for?
2: He ain't got me on the carpet. I sent for him. I want my wife, Hazel, arrested for trying to kill me.
8: And getting Bell Adams
9: by mistake.
2: I ain't sure. Maybe she was trying to kill Bell and not me. I was late for the contest because my watch was slow, and it ain't never been slow before.
9: Well, what's that got to do with Hazel trying to kill Bell Adams?
2: Well, I let Hazel use my watch this morning. She might have said it back just so I would be late.
8: Oh, you might have set it back yourself, Slim.
2: Huh? What do you mean by that?
8: Nothing except... You could put a burr under the saddle of your horse if you knew you weren't going to
9: ride. I don't oh, like that. I'm getting out of here.
2: What am I doing here anyhow?
9: Nobody's done anything. Nobody's dead. Nobody's even hurt bad, as far as we know.
2: Nah, I'm going home. Wait a minute, Inspector. Ain't you going to arrest Hazel? What for? So you can get rid of her that way? And I swear she's trying to kill me. Or kill Belle.
9: Okay, okay. I'll go have a talk with her.
2: Thank you. And tell her to stay away from me. Uh, but... I'll tell her something. So long, Faraday. bye. Goodbye.
8: Come on, Slim. Now, you suppose you tell me the truth.
2: Maybe you'd better go where that cop just went, out the door. Look, you'd like me to prove Hazel tried to kill you or Bell Adams, wouldn't you? When I want help like that, I'll get it from the police, and I'll beat it. All right.
8: But I still think you could have put that bar under the saddle of that Bronco and were purposely late so Miss Adams would ride it. Oh, you do, huh? Yes. It would be an easy way to get rid of your girl and your wife. I think I'll give that some thought, Slim. So long.
2: Maybe you'd better give a couple of other things some thought, too, fella. Maybe you'd better think about keeping your nose out of my affair.
8: Oh, I don't know why you'd say a thing like that. Wow. This knife sticking in the wall could be sticking into me if I were a foot taller.
2: Yeah, sure could.
8: Do you grin every time you miss somebody with a knife, Slim? Maybe. Well, this just about clinches what I think about you, Slim.
7: Better
2: do some more thinking, you. Hey. hey. Who are you? Hazel. Where'd you come from?
7: Down the hall, Slim. What's this guy trying to do to you?
2: Nothing. It's any of your business. No?
7: But well, don't seem to be his business either. And don't go accusing Slim of throwing that knife at you, mister, because I threw it.
8: You're Hazel Henry, huh? You threw it. Yeah. Why?
7: Just a little warning to you, mister. That I don't like nobody accusing Slim of trying to kill nobody.
9: Faraday, Faraday, hey! What are you doing in your car, Blanky? Trying to find out who fixed up that Adams girl? Too much for you?
8: No, I've got to get back because I have a dinner engagement with Mary.
9: Well, where is she?
8: Oh, she went home about half an hour ago. Some cowboy gave her a rope and she went home to practice throwing it. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, that's probably what she's doing instead of getting dressed for dinner right now, which is what she went home to do. Uh, hop in, I'll drive you downtown.
9: I'm not going downtown. I'm going home.
8: Okay, hop in. I'll take you home. We can stop by Mary's first.
9: All right. I want to talk to you anyway. What about? This business at the rodeo. Keep your nose out of it, Blanky. Nobody's done anything serious yet. But with you messing around, there's no telling what'll happen. No one's done anything serious yet, huh? Well, Belle Adams is lucky she didn't have her neck broken, and I'm just
8: one foot short of being dead with a knife in the back of my head. What? What?
9: Yes, and guess who threw it at me? A pleasant little girl named Hazel Henry. So that's why I couldn't find her. She was throwing knives at you.
8: Yes, Faraday, and if you're smart, you'll find some way to lock her up. She's dangerous. I wouldn't be surprised if you had a homicide on your hands before long.
9: So you think maybe Hazel Henry is the one we want,
8: huh? Yes, and I think you've got an assault charge against her, and you'd better use it before you have to grab her on a murder rap.
9: You know, I think you're out of your mind, Blackie.
8: Well, if Hazel Henry makes trouble... You're out of luck. Turn
9: on the radio, William. i want to hear the news. Sure. It's a better way to kill time than listening to you. Uh, when am I going to hear over the radio that you've left town, Blackie? When radio is such an
8: obsolete instrument, people won't even remember what it was. was. about uh, the year well, 10,000. Here's maybe. a mm-hmm.
6: last-minute report just handed to me. There's more than the excitement of thrills and spills at the rodeo over at the Coliseum. Murder has struck the gaily event. Murder, Campion, he Champion's Rodeo rider uh-huh. Hazel Henry was found shot to death in the corral under the stand. The body it, was found with a glass. Henry, shot, minutes. turn
9: that off, Faraday. I bet voice. I will. And you turn this car around. I was gonna have trouble because of Hazel Henry, was I? Yeah.
8: <laughs> you sure were, and you sure are. And Faraday, now you don't have to worry about killing time. Just concentrate on who killed Hazel.
1: And now back to Boston Blackie. A girl rodeo rider, Belle Adams, is badly injured when thrown from a bucking bronco. A burr is found under the bronco's saddle, and Belle accuses Hazel Henry of putting it there. To complicate matters, Belle is thrown while riding Slim Waters' horse. And it seems that Hazel was trying to injure Slim, who, while he's her husband, wants his freedom in order to marry Belle. But just when Blackie is building a case against Hazel, she's murdered. As we return to our story, Blackie, his friend Mary, and Inspector Faraday are at the rodeo, scene of the crime.
8: So she was shot, was she,
1: Faraday? Well, she has a bullet in her,
9: Blackie. Even you should be able to tell she was shot. Uh, I wish the coroner would get here so I can go home. It's raining out, Faraday, and the streets are slippery. You want the coroner to get here alive, don't you? Yeah, I've had enough trouble for one day. Hey, Miss Wesley, what are you doing over there? Waiting
7: for you and Blackie to decide who killed poor Hazel Henry and... Also, trying to learn how to throw this rope. Now, I wonder what I'm doing wrong.
8: Mary, put that rope away. Or you'll end up and notch
9: yourself.
7: Well, all right, but you two hurry up and find out who killed Hazel. Now, come on, come on, hurry up, or I'll do it myself.
9: You'll do it yourself, huh? Well, somebody better, fire it. Eh? You never will. Well, that somebody won't be you, genius. Uh, you don't have any idea who killed her, do you, Blackie? No. No, I don't. Well, in that case, I say it was Slim Waters, her husband. He was afraid of her, and he will probably claim he killed her in self-defense. You think Slim killed her, huh? Then I don't. Well, then maybe it was Barney. Barney? Who's he?
7: Oh, Blackie, I remember him. He was the cowboy in the dressing room who kept
8: asking if Bell Adams was all right.
9: Oh, yes.
8: But how does he fit into this?
9: I don't know. I'm only guessing. But maybe Barney was in love with the Adams girl, and he was trying to get rid of Slim. So he kills Hazel, Slim's wife. Now, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not talking about killing Hazel. I'm talking about that burr under the saddle of Slim's horse. I think Barney put it there. Barney and Slim are the top riders in the rodeo, you know. So, you think if Barney
8: didn't do it for the love of Belle, Adams, well, did it for the love of prize money, huh?
9: Well, it could be. Could be's don't prove murders, Faraday. I know that. Well, I know one person who didn't kill Miss Henry. Who? Belle Adams. She's in the hospital. Do you think so? I know so. Wasn't she hurt? Yes, but she's still alive, Faraday, and the fact that you think
8: she's still in the hospital gives me a pretty good idea that she isn't.
7: Oh, Blackie, you don't suspect Miss Adams, do
9: you?
8: I suspect everybody, Mary. That's why I solve cases when Faraday doesn't. My hunch is getting stronger every minute. I don't think Miss Adams is in the hospital. Well, I say she is. Well, I'm going up and prove she isn't.
7: Do do I have to go all the way up to the hospital with you in all this rain? No, Mary,
8: you stay here till I get back. And stop trying to throw that rope.
7: Golly, it didn't work that time either, did it? Now what did I do wrong?
8: Never mind what you did wrong with the rope. I've got to find out who did wrong by Hazel Henry. Look, Nace something funny going on here, and I intend to find out what it is.
7: I'm very sorry, Blackie. Miss Adams is very ill. No visitors are allowed in her room.
8: And I think I know why, too. She's not in her room.
7: I'm very sorry, but you can't Look, go I in Look, I don't there. know what
8: you're trying to pull, but you've convinced me. I'm going into this room, and I'll guarantee it's empty.
5: Yo, what is it?
8: Oh, hello, Miss Adams. So you really are in the hospital, huh?
5: Oh, Blackie, come in. Yeah, of course I'm here. I've heard about the awful thing that happened to Hazel. You found out anything?
8: Yes, I just found out something. I found out what a fool idea I had.
5: Come in.
2: Hello, Bill.
5: Oh, Slim, Don, Come in. Oh, what a surprise. I thought it was Blackie coming back again.
2: Blackie was here? What for?
5: I don't know. It didn't say.
2: I don't like that guy. Don't like the way he snoops around. Oh, he's all right.
5: Let's don't talk about him.
2: Ah, let's not. How you feeling? No
5: oh, better. Doctor says there's no broken bones. Guess I was lucky.
2: Yeah, you sure were, honey. You could have been killed.
5: Yeah.
2: Look, you feel good enough to ride in the rodeo tonight? Oh, I
5: could ride with my head cut
2: off. Swell, honey. Then you're going to get out of this hostel and ride. Huh? We need you down there. Oh. You're the best girl rider we got.
5: Oh, now that... Well, now that Hazel's gone.
2: You always were better than Hazel in everything. <sighs> well, I guess it sounds sort of low for me to talk that way on account I was married to her, but you know I ain't going to shed any tears over her.
5: No, I don't suppose anybody is. But I certainly never wanted her killed.
2: Me neither. But, well, it's happened. We are rid of her, like we wanted. And uh, look, you can ride tonight, huh?
5: Yeah, you bet I can, Slim. We'll make enough in prize money between us to buy ourselves a ranch.
2: I thought you'd say that, Bell, baby. You're an all right.
6: Hey, are you expecting company?
5: No, go see who it is, will you, Slim?
2: Sure.
6: Slim. What are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing, Barney. Oh,
5: Barney, come on in.
6: Thanks, Bell. How are you feeling? A lot
2: better. Seeing this here good for nothing cowpoke ain't gonna do you no good, honey. Now, get your good wishing over with, Barney, and get out of here. Belle's going to ride tonight. Huh? Hey, why, you can't do that, Belle. You got hurt last night. You still ain't... It ain't none of your business what she does, Barney.
6: I suppose it's some of yours. I'm the one she's going to marry, ain't I? Yeah, but I'm looking out for her better than you. She ain't fit to ride tonight, and you You know... You let her decide about that. I say she rides. That's sure letting her decide. You stay
2: out of this, Barney. You don't want her to ride because you know me and her will take a pack of that prize money away from you. I'm just worrying about her, not the money. Since when did you ever care about boys, anything boys but... Boy, my... boy, now
5: stop it, both of you. Thanks for your interest in me, Barney. I appreciate it, but I'm going to do what Slim says.
6: You're a
2: fool, Bell. That's what enough you... out of you, Barney. You won't be fit to ride tonight yourself. Now, come on, we're getting out of here, the both of
6: us. Okay, but Get Belle, Get dressed, still... Bell
2: and be down to the rodeo in plenty of time because you're going to ride tonight, and we're going to give them a show they'll never forget. Oh.
1: riding division next event the finals featuring the riding pools slim and barney and once again the pride of arizona Belle adams who despite her injuries of last night comes back to perform for us again tonight the event will take place in exactly three minutes
5: well looks like we're on in a couple of minutes slim
2: yeah bell we're going to take the first two prizes too oh yeah You'll have to beat me, both of
5: you. We'll beat you, Barney, both of you. Yeah,
2: you won't even finish in the money if I... Hey, look who's coming.
5: Hmm?
2: It's Boston Blackie, that policeman Faraday, and that Miss Wesley Dane.
5: I wonder if anything's wrong. We're usually called out to the arena before the start of the contest. We haven't been called out yet. Hello, Blackie.
8: Hello, Mrs. Adams. You know Inspector Faraday and Miss Wesley, don't
5: you? Uh, yeah, more
7: or less. Um, Belle... You think you know me well enough to teach me how to spin this rope? Uh, after the show tonight, Miss yes, Oh, good, thanks. I can't seem to find out what I'm doing
2: wrong. Yeah,
9: never mind about that rope, Miss Wesley. Come on, Frankie, tell these two guys what you have to tell them and get it over with. We can't hold up the whole show. All right, Hardy. Listen, Slim and you two, Bonnie.
8: I know a little bit about who killed Hazel. How much? This much. That she was killed by either you or Slim.
2: I didn't kill her. And
8: I didn't kill her. I don't expect either of you to confess but I've got a plan I want to tell you about. I know which one of you killed Hazel. And I think that whoever killed Hazel also put the burr under the saddle of the horse that threw Miss Adams' here.
5: It wasn't slim, Blackie. I just know it
8: wasn't.
6: Oh, trying to say it was me, huh, Bell?
8: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Nobody has to say anything because I've already done something that's going to make the killer confess. Huh?
6: What, Blackie? What?
8: You two are riding out together in the trick riding contest in a moment. So I've arranged to put a burr under the saddle of the horse to be ridden by the one who killed Hazel. You did what? Nice little touch, don't you think? I can't kill the guilty man for killing Hazel, but I can give him a dose of the same punishment he gave Bell.
6: Pleasant thought, huh? I'm not going to ride any horse with a burr under the saddle. And I'm not either. That's a good way to get busted in, too.
8: Yes, I know. But if you didn't kill Hazel, you don't have to worry about a burr under the saddle. Come on, your horses are waiting to be ridden out into the arena. Over this way. About, about you
5: don't have to worry about anything, Slim. I
8: don't, huh, Belle?
2: Well, this guy Blackie can make a mistake,
8: can't he? But I didn't make a mistake this time, Slim. I know who killed Hazel. And the bar is only under his saddle. Well, here are your horses.
7: Look, Blackie. Oh, shut oh, down me. I almost got the rope around that pole. I almost did it. But I, I don't
9: know
8: why I can't do it. What did I do wrong? Listen, we'll worry about the rope later. Hey, where's Faraday?
9: Well, I'm over here. Where did you think? I want to be out
8: of the way of those horses. Good idea. I guess we'd all better get back. Okay. All right, Slim. You too, Barney. Get on those horses.
2: Okay, I'm getting up in the saddle.
6: Go ahead, honey. You even bothering to get on, Barney? Of course I am. Right now. Well, so am I. Well, nothing's happened to me. It's me either. Okay, let them
9: go, boys. Here we go. you good luck, Hey, Blackie, what's going on here? Nothing happened to either one of those riders. Yes, I just noticed that. What do you mean? You just noticed it. I bet you didn't put a burr under
8: either of those saddles. No, I didn't, Faraday. I thought just telling those two I had done it would do the trick, and it did. What do you mean, it did? What's it done? It's told me who killed Hazel Henry. Ah. What? Why? Well, both Slim and Barney were convinced there was a burr under the saddle of the man who killed Hazel. Isn't that right? Well, they seem to be... Uh They were all right, Faraday. I could tell by the way they climbed into their saddles.
9: But they did get into them. And why would they dare? Well, because they knew whoever got down would be accused of killing Miss Henry. Yeah. That's right.
8: But they also knew that the burr was under the saddle of only the one I thought
9: killed Hazel. So each one felt safe in getting into the saddle. Hey, that's right. Because Slim knew he didn't do it, and Barney knew he didn't do it. So what we proved is... We... Hey, what have we proved?
8: That our pleasant little killer is sweet and pretty Belle Adams right here. What? I
5: killed Hazel? Yes,
8: you must Belle, he... you killed Hazel. You left the hospital to do it, and you bribed your nurse not to say you left the hospital, but it didn't work. If
5: she told you that, she's lying.
8: She didn't have to tell me. I knew you'd gone out when I went up to the hospital to see you. It was raining out, remember? So? So the soles of your
9: shoes were wet. So this girl killed Hazel? And tried to kill Slim by putting that bear under his saddle yesterday at the road. Oh,
5: no, I didn't. Hazel did that out of spite. Because he wanted to leave her and marry me. I made her admit that before I killed her. So you won't get me for that. And you won't get me for killing Hazel either. Now, don't move, either one of you.
9: Blackie,
8: she's got a gun. I know a gun when I see it, Faraday.
5: And you know what I'll do with it if you make a move to come after me, Blackie.
8: Mary, drop get... that rope. Get out of her way. She means business.
5: Look, well, Blackie, I can spin the rope and I can throw it like this.
8: Ah! Grab her, Faraday. Let that rope oh! off, oh, the rope off me. of me. around her arms.
2: Drop that Let's gun, go, let me Let's go. Drop it. All right. Oh, better. Get out of here.
8: And the rope is. Off now, Bill. Is that better, too? Well, you no. Know, Get Bill. her out of here, Faraday. You'll bet I will. Don't. Hang
9: on, sister. No, Paul. Of Hang on. Mary Girl?
8: Oh. I'm right proud of you. I am right proud of you.
7: Why, well, I was waiting for you to say that. You know, I caught her with that rope, didn't I? And it whirled, Blackie. And I roped her with a lasso just the way a cowboy ropes a steer. And you know, all the time I was practicing, I wondered what I did wrong. Well? Well... This time, I wonder what I did right.
3: We're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Pete with Paul and Dave. That was an episode of Boston Blackie, originally broadcast October fifteenth, nineteen 1946, in syndication, but most likely on the mutual broadcasting system. Paulie, this is your selection for this installment. What made you choose it? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Paulie? <laughs> well, I you know, I wanted a detective story, first of all, and so I just started looking at what were the most popular of the just detective stories out there, and we've done some before with the big names and all that, so I kind of went back down the list a little bit, and I'm like, you know, I still hear a lot about Boston Blackie, and so I listened to a few episodes of it. I, I I like Boston Blackie, and it's and it's very... Cliché In in regards to old time radio So I decided All right, Let's go with the Boston Blackie So well there you go that's why I picked it Alright
4: uh, Yeah. Cliché is, is definitely the word Paul. Oh ain't it though
0: I, oh. What I love is every time they say Something of uh, oh my god They found her dead
4: under the horse the yeah. Yeah. The Can we talk about everything? the organ? Can oh. we talk about the organ for just a little bit? Oh my god!
0: Yes.
3: <laughs> An organ was much cheaper than a full orchestra.
4: That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they're definitely working on the cheap with this one. Definitely. Holy crap!
3: You've got. I mean, you've got Mercury Theater on the air with a full orchestra, and then you've got Boston Blackie with a
4: a a, a cheap. Organ, <laughs> cheap, cheap organ. Got probably got you know, the over there. Probably played organ. by an
3: old woman with a, with a, with a little hair, little hat with it with, with a veil.
4: There was some. I mean, you know, whoever was playing the organ was definitely leaning into it. They they were all over. Oh, they was like, nope, this is my stinger, and I'm rocking it. Dun, dun, yeah, there were like ten dun, cups dun. of coffee into it when <laughs> when they started recording. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some action there. Definitely some action
3: there. Uh, a cheap-ass detective with an organ and (laughs) camped
0: over to... Hey, hey, don't make fun of Boston Blackie's organ.
3: I'm sorry, Blackie.
4: (laughs) But but when he puts it on display like that, he's inviting commentary. (laughs) So... What what
3: I found funny right off the bat was when... uh, doesn't Boston Blackie have a, a a name outside of Boston Blackie? Because he walks up to the, to the cops. He says, I'm Boston Blackie.
4: <laughs> okay. Is that your first name? Is that your last? Did your mom name you Boston? And then later on <laughs> the doctor just called him Blackie like they were old friends, you know? So Yeah. Like, what the hell? And and apparently Nevada Pete told Belle that if she was ever in trouble, she should contact Boston Blackie. And it's like, okay, first of all, who's Nevada Pete? How does he know Boston Blackie? And how do you know how to contact Boston Blackie? And where did this episode take place, by the way?
3: Yeah. At the I rodeo. Mean,
4: weren't you listening? Here. <laughs> <Where? laughs> and what is Boston Blackie doing with a phone call away from a rodeo? Well, he got called in by Newark Ned. <laughs> Newark Ned, yes, yeah. uh, uh, the cousin of yeah, Nevada, yeah, right, Nevada Ted, Maybe yeah. you know,
3: rodeos would travel. Maybe uh, they they got you know at the Civic Center in Boston they 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 held a the rodeo. Yeah,
0: yeah. He got a phone call from Peoria Paul. Yeah, <laughs> Peoria, Peoria Paul. Paul and and, Peek and Pete. <laughs> That's
4: right. And Sheboygan oh. Steve. Yeah, Sheboygan Peek Steve. And don't forget. He with got him. Little and, of and, the little indicator Dave. Dave. Da, 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 da. Cater Dave. Yeah, baby. So uh,
3: um, we, the conversation just rolling here. I had something to say a minute ago, and I
0: was gone. <laughs> hey, oh. we're all 57 or more, so
4: that happens a lot. Neflon definitely... brain, it's a thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think oh. my favorite part is the, uh, like, three-minute outro at the end, where it's just like, let's just... Let's just play the organ for three minutes here. No, you know, and I'm listening to the whole. The first time I listened to it, I'm like, okay, so they're gonna cut back and kind of do the wrap up, and and yeah. it, and, it, it's and it's still going, and it's like
4: a guitar riff in well, the middle of a rock and roll song, right? <laughs> okay. okay, I'm
3: glad you mentioned that, Paul, because if you hadn't, I already had a note on that because uh, I listened to that whole three minutes. Waiting for somebody to cut in and say, "This is the mutual broadcasting system," and nothing happened. Nothing. Yeah, That's three nothing. minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. So, but but the listeners are probably confused by this. But for the benefit of our listeners, I cut that three minutes out. Bless your on heart. On your version, when you heard it today, you did not hear that three minutes. So, but you, you wrote, can find it, it if
4: you look. That's right. the The SoundCloud version I had had the three minutes, and then it got. Plop plop fizz fizz, oh what a relief it is. Oh uh uh the old Alka Seltzer commercial with Speedy, the 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 Alka Seltzer kid. It must have been from a rebroadcast. <laughs> that in could the be 70s. <laughs> that could be. So so many things about this. Um now, and again, understand I'm coming at the, i having written audio drama, and and Pete, you have too. Paul, I don't know, have you have you written audio dramas before? Nope. Okay. Just acted in them. <laughs> one thing that just struck out. Time and time again is this, shut that door. Okay, I'm getting back in the saddle now. Ooh, Blackie, he has a gun. All of these these verbal, visual cues that no living mortal would ever say in real life. But because it's radio, oh, look, it's Boston Blackie, Inspector Faraday, and that dame, Mary Wellesley, coming down the hallway. It's like, oh, my God. Mm. Oh my god, Dave,
3: I have that exact note. Listen, this is my note that I wrote. Lots of on the nose dialogue. I'm getting up into the saddle now and the rope is off her now and he's that's, got a gun. The I know what a now. gun looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so as a modern day listener that I'm very annoyed by stuff like that, but it's a yeah. product of its time, right? They had to very keep the story so. moving and within a certain time frame and like that's where they why you always hear I'm going up the stairs now, clump, 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 yep, things exactly.
4: like that. Exactly. Uh, well, you they're do cool. hear that, but but I think I think there have been other examples where you can pull that off without, as you say, being quite so on the nose.
0: Mm-hmm. Well so, then there's some where they're more on the nose, ain't it, Pete? Aye. <laughs> aye. <laughs> aye, he says. hi
3: yeah so uh, what now was your, what was in every episode topic? we we refer back to episode three of our series with the uh, uh an episode of lights out the little people the little people the little people <laughs> okay and that we'll is full of line. on the nose dialogue it's 20 oh. minutes of on the oh, nose yeah. dialogue one person monologuing For for 20 minutes, it's just unbelievable. Okay, I'm going up the
0: stairs now. I'm opening the door. I I am stabbing you with this knife in your stomach, and the knife is going in, and now I am pulling the (laughs) knife out, and now the blood is coming out of the hole.
3: I am putting my hand on your mouth so you cannot scream.
4: You know, there's a a book by Scott McCloud called uh, Understanding Comics. And and this is actually pertaining to what we're describing. He talks about a, a, a phenomenon called blood in the gutters, and he shows you an example of one panel of the comic with a guy creeping up behind a girl with an axe over his head, and then the next panel is a city skyline with the e, the scream e sound mm-hmm. uh, uh, spanning across the city skyline. So you know what and, happened. And Mc- in McCloud the says, "You decide you killed her." You, as the audience member, got to fill in the blanks and decided how long it took for her to die, how many whacks of the axe she took, all of that stuff. And that I've always found to be the beauty of audio drama is the opportunity that the way that writers and, and, and actors can foster that kind of imagination in the audiences. And, and that's I mean, that's the real theater of the mind. And if you do that well, then it becomes this participatory uh, special effects engine experience that, that I think the best audio drama does really, really well.
3: I've been a, a long been a proponent of uh, letting sound. Tell the story. So instead yes. of saying "I've got a gun," you hear the click of the hammer coming cocking back. Yes,
4: exactly. Um, if,
3: if somebody's uh, going up the stairs, you just do the sound effect of somebody going up the stairs. You don't say "I'm going
4: up the stairs now" or right. anything. You like have that. good sound effects. Which can we also talk about the lame sound effects in this one? I don't when, remember when, when, hearing any sound effects. Yeah. exactly. There? When, there was there, well when the knife. Yeah, I had to go oh, back yeah, that knife. To it a couple of times. Oh yeah, when the knife. It wasn't even. It was just. Dun, 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 that's all it was. Oh, yeah. I was like, you hell didn't hell even was hear. Her. I, I thought I heard. it no, there could have at least been I thought I heard. There wasn't a, it, it was afterwards. just afterwards. <laughs> something. And 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 when when Blackie was visiting Bell in the hospital, and he's walking, it's like, what's that sound? Those are his footsteps. Oh, guys! Their doors were great. Clearly, they had a door on set that they could do Foley with. But uh, I, I was I was not impressed <laughs> with the sound effects in this one at all. Yeah, I, I, that, they didn't even
3: register for me. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt that it had a good opening setup, though. The show, I yeah. mean, you establish the characters, the feud between the woman, the women over the man. You, it's set in a rodeo, but then, of course, they have to mentioned Boston Blackie because it's the Boston Blackie show, so <laughs> one of the girls says, "My friend Boston Blackie knows about this, so naturally he's needed sooner rather than later. There's some really goofy bits I wanted to point out. I'm sure you noticed the longstanding grudge that uh, Faraday has for Blackie in this episode seems very forced. They just wrote some dialogue so he could complain, he could uh, uh, make fun of Boston Blackie and say, when am I going to have you in my jail cell? Things like that. And then Faraday acts like the dumbest cop in the world (laughs) making wild guesses about who did what, just so Blackie can later show him up and look smarter than Faraday. Yep. Uh, Somehow this guy made it to Inspector Rank. I don't know how. Um, And then there's (laughs) one scene where uh, uh, Blackie and and Faraday are in uh, Blackie's car. They're getting ready to go pick up Mary. They never get there to pick her up because something else happens. And then later on, she's conveniently back at the rodeo, somehow spinning her rope. We never right. figure out. We never
4: hear how she got back there. So. <laughs> well, it's and the magic of radio. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, the that, magic that whole radio setup right. for getting Faraday into the car. It's like Blackie says, "Hey, I gotta go." pick up Mary. Can I drop you off at the station? I'm not going to the station. I'm going home. Oh, well, then I'll drive you home. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, what? If one thing about audio drama is that you don't have a lot of time to tell your freaking story. So every freaking word better be moving the story forward. And there is, as you said, Pete, there's a lot of why are we hearing this? There was that whole scene between Slim and Bell and Barney in the hospital where Boston Blackie wasn't even there. No. So so how how does the how how does this how does the audience know what's going on if Blackie, who is our eponymous hero, isn't actually there? What's the point of having that scene? I don't get it.
3: I don't either. I don't and then it. at the very end, Blackie reveals a lot of a lot of things that he somehow knew. Right, but that were never established beforehand
4: I hate that The soles of your shoes were wet I yes. saw that back in the hospital Well then why didn't you say something back when you were at the hospital So we could have gotten in on the fun No, <laughs> gotta have a well, big reveal
0: it makes him seem that much smarter He just like, whoop, like a magician Just yeah. pulled it out of
3: his hat What do they call that, the what? infallible hero? Yeah, Boston yeah. Blackie is the infallible hero
4: well, and that really, I think, speaks more to the audience, necessarily, than it does to the writers, although I will absolutely condemn the writers, too. But I mean, the audience gobbled that stuff up. They're okay with that. It's like, yeah, I'm just sitting here, just entertain me. Give yeah. me give me bread and circuses while my life is hell, <laughs> and uh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the, the deadly then, pap. <laughs> well, I, liked, uh, I
3: wanted to point out, there was one phrase that 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 uh, well, something they said that reminded me of a phrase that I heard in a Western. I think it was when the burr under the saddle. Have you ever yeah, heard the yeah. phrase uh, uh, that ombre has been a burr under my saddle long enough? yes yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> in other words, yeah. that guy's been bothering me for too long. So, yeah. If, if I, somebody's
0: in a pissy mood, it's like, who put the burr under your saddle? Right.
4: Right. So I kept yep. thinking. Yep. I kept thinking about that phrase. And, and um, nice, nice Western dialect there, Pete. Yeah. Too. I, Whoa, I, I noticed thank that. Thank you, hombre. That was really good. Well, let me give you a little little hint. You can
3: listen to my western saga called Jake Dimes, Range Detective. Available, available at... <laughs> available at... This portion of our program is brought to you by Raw Biscuit Dough and a cardboard tube. woo Yeah, And then Raw we get to the end, dough. and Mary's lack of skill with the rope, suddenly she's skilled, and she's able to catch the murderer with her rope. But she doesn't know how she did it. And then she says she didn't know how she did it.
4: So yeah, and that's the joke. That's the outro. That's that's yes. the tagline. At the end of the story. I don't remember how I did it. And everybody rolls around laughing in their living wah, room as does that. Right? And they were setting that up from the very first scene uh, uh, when she becomes fixated with the ropes. And It's like, what is it with ropes? What is it with you and ropes? Because you know, I understand the 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 literary conceit of of setting up a gag. But the setup was so blatant, so confusing, and and yet so blatant that it was like, what? Oh, okay, I got you. Got you. <laughs> the, the thing I love, I just had to write this one down. Uh, when will I see you in my jail cell? Or uh, when will you be leaving town, Blackie? And it's like, around the same time radio is so obsolete that nobody remembers what it is. Around the year 10,000. Well, Blackie, you're only 8,000 years off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Missed by that much. <laughs> that much. Yeah. Would you
0: believe?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm surprised you didn't get a... Why well, didn't Get Smart get a radio show? That's That was fraught with all sorts of lovely audible cues. Oh, seriously. That could have been beautiful Ooh. audio comedy. All right.
3: Anything else to add, guys? Anything else you want to say about this before
0: we vote?
4: Uh, That was my roster of kveches. Okay. (laughs) I think we covered it pretty well. Okay, let's vote. Now, What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and B... Whether or not it is a standalone (laughs) show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Paul, baby, this is your selection, so you get to go first. Go, Paul, baby.
0: All right. Uh, Come on. I'm going to tell you what my vote is now. Okay, Paul, uh... what's your
4: vote?
0: (laughs) See, I vote yes, because this is... I'm not doing it. Oh my God, this is phenomenal! This is the greatest thing. But it, it is a nice piece of old time radio. And if you want to hit some of the uh, very, oh, very stereotypical elements of like an old time radio drama, especially a detective drama, this is kind of like got a checkbox, you know. And it's kind of like a budget. You they should have called it B. Somebody gets invited. Budget Boston Blackie.
4: Budget you know? Boston Blackie. <laughs> and,
0: but it, I still found it entertaining, which is all that it really freaking matters, is that when you listen to it, are you entertained? Yes, I was. So to me, that's all that really matters when you boil it down. And it was a good thing to have playing when, you know, you're not going to sit there and get out the notepad and analyze the thing and try and figure out who did it and everything. You're just listening to the damn show.
4: Unless, of you know, course, you're on a radio show that actually deconstructs old-time radio dramas. Then you might actually stand there with a new book. That say, is no, true. Or if <laughs> you're a queen, for that matter. You know,
0: the people who are trying to make a living doing this, um, uh, <laughs> the people who are just doing it for entertainment values, uh, would just you know, put it on one of their streaming networks and for, let it go, and they might go through four or five episodes while they're doing something or that, and they just enjoy it. And so that's what I think it does. It's it, it's, it's enjoyable. So, I mean, I'm not going to read it any deeper than that, but I'm still going to give it a
4: thumbs up for that. Moderately, like a three-quarters thumbs up. Three-quarters thumbs up, up still. <laughs> legit. Absolutely legit. Well, I, I got to say, Boston Blackie wasn't even on my radar. So, Paul, I really appreciate you, you know, kicking this into my awareness because I'm I'm always keen to dig into this stuff. Um, and I love a new story. So now, this episode, okay, the one part, uh, yeah, very much indicative of the series, to be sure. Uh, as for the B part, whether or not it belongs in an aficionados collection, eh, I, I think honestly that depends on the nature of the collection. Because Paul, you're absolutely right. This is indicative of this this series and and uh, the broader scope. But honestly, for me. I've got to say there are probably better examples of the genre and the format out there. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give it a pass. I'm going to say nah. Okay, good. <sighs> well, uh, I'm,
3: I'm like the rest of you. I'll vote a thumbs up for the first question from what I've read. This is very much a Boston Blackie episode that kept to the formula. So I'd say without having heard very many episodes, actually that it's representative of the series. I'm willing to throw that out there and make that guess. As to the second part, uh, the only way I could recommend this for radio aficionados is if is in the subcategory subcategory of Boston Blackie fans, if there are any. Uh, after the, <laughs> after the uh, interesting establishing dialog there's got to be.
0: I found a website. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, after the interesting establishing dialogue at the top of the show, it quickly fell into the formulate groove, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. So that's a thumbs down for me on the second question, unless you're a Blackie fan. And then I say, go for it. Absolutely. So that's uh, t- t- uh, three yeses for one and uh, two two no's. And, one and a, a yes three quarters. B. Oh, three quarters.
4: <laughs> and, <laughs> three quarters.
3: So uh, two and one quarter no, but a three quarter yes on, on B. Oh, by the way, uh, Dave, sometimes we have uh, uh, A and two. On those yeah, two. Two questions. Excellent. <laughs> I, I I alternate. I, I stand. I, I will be poisoned and ready to. If you to... had read the script in advance, this would not have been I, a surprise.
4: I absolutely. Dude, you, can you doubt that I didn't read the script in advance? I was totally playing for comedy on that one. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll buy that. Damn, he's good. I am good. Damn. Damn I will good.
0: buy that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 23 of Old Time Radio Essentials with Dave Robinson, Pete Lutz, and me, Paul RBC. Next time, the cycle comes around to Dave. And uh, what are you bringing to us for your first selection, Dave?
4: Well, I honestly, I you know, when I listened to Boston Blackie, I, I, I it felt more like a rodeo show and a Western than it did uh, necessarily a detective uh, piece. So I I went back to the well of of detective fiction. I don't mean to double up on the detective vibe, but for next episode uh, we're gonna pull from the adventures of Philip Marlowe, uh, Ooh, an episode ball. titled "The Red Wind." Uh, it first aired June seventeenth, nineteen forty seven, and it is a beautiful adaptation of Raymond Chandler's story. By the same name. This is delicious noir goodness at its absolute finest. Now,
3: isn't this the very first episode of Philip Marlowe with Gerald Moore?
4: Uh, No, it's the the one before that. Is it with Van Heflin? Van Heflin, yeah, Van Heflin. Okay, I thought Van Heflin was a terrific film. Uh, I did too. Writer. Yeah, I did too. I didn't care for I didn't care for his his uh, uh, successor as much. Or the scripts, I guess I didn't care for as much.
3: Yeah, well, they veered away from uh, actual Marlowe stories, is why. But we'll talk yep. about that next time. Sounds indeed, great. indeed, <laughs> sounds great, Dave and listeners. We hope you'll join us for that next month on Old Time Radio Essentials. Dave,
0: Paul, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada
4: Radio Company. Please follow us on the Twitters at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, write us at f six point three at gmail.com. Now that's the letter F, the number six, the word point P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. No, I'm not gonna say that again. (laughs) And put the word essentials in the subject line.
3: Remember, friends, we're always happy to hear from our listeners. So please do send us feedback and suggestions. And if you didn't catch our email when Dave spelled it out so professionally, rewind and listen again or just look for it in the show notes. So what did you think, Dave? You think you'll stick around for a while?
4: Well, I'll tell you, Pete, life is a strange and mysterious thing. And I have long since learned that if you want to make God laugh, you tell her your plans. Okay. but as long as you feel like I'm bringing something useful to the conversation, I will be delighted to join in. Sweet. All the guy had to do was say yes or no for crying out loud. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> That's gonna happen. <laughs> well, I'm, just trying, I'm, like I'm waiting for Pete's stab.
0: reaction. If you just ask him that setup and he goes yes, <laughs> yeah. if it had no. been me, I would just want no. to, Uh huh. <laughs> no, I'm not coming back. Don't, no. don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs>
3: Okay, it's time to wrap things up. That's it for now, everybody. Join us next time for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye bye for now. Ciao, Good now, everybody. everybody. Luckin' it. it. Bye. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Paulie. Take
4: Thank it easy, you, guys. Dave. Good times. comfortable and listen
0: (laughs) hey dave i I got a phone book here would you read a few pages of it for me (laughs) 63 audio
6: this is mutual
0: You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day. Or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.